0: the purpose of money and of that wealth is to bless the poor god is the owner of everything that we have it's not he's not the owner of 10% of what we have you know no god owns everything we have and and we are responsible for how we use everything that we have The big donation era is is starting to die out. New donors that are coming, they give in a very different way than than the previous generations.
1: Welcome to the Hive Podcast. We have another great question that we want to answer today, and the question is, is profit bad? Is profit evil? Why do we need to talk about that? Aren't we supposed to look at God's work as missional entrepreneurs, right? Shouldn't we be concerned about that and not about the money, the profit part of it? Isn't it enough to just break even and, you know, not fall into the temptation of loving money? Those are some legitimate concerns that a lot of people have. And we want to address those. We want to answer the questions. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to start by asking the question, Jesse... Is profit really that bad? Uh, shouldn't we be concerned about the work and not about profitability?
0: You know that's a that's a very uh, a very common feeling that um, that people have. When I especially uh, like when I talk about profit or I give a presentation on on how to increase your sales or something like that. You know, uh, people generally have that have that feeling, an underlying feeling that somehow that's selfish somehow that's evil and and it's hard to overcome that um because it's a feeling it's not necessarily like we've thought it through and we have this concept you know no 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 it's just an underlying feeling that we've gotten you know it's like seek ye first the kingdom of god and all these other things will come now i believe in that verse and i believe in 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 mission first, you know? Um, but the truth is this: if you're running a lifestyle center, if you're running any ministry, and you have and you're trying to reach people with the gospel, you're trying to reach customers, well then you need to get those customers in the door, right? And so so increasing sales is just the side effect of actually having more customers, right? So so really, it's about it's about reaching more people. But if you're going to reach more people, then you will end up also having more income. Now, having said all of that, you know, really, um, there is this underlying feeling, regardless of like what I say here about how you know positive profit is, um, people still end up having this this feeling and this feeling comes from I, I did some research on it because i had the same feeling you know i i was i was for 10 years i was a missionary living off of nothing and i was proud of living off of nothing you know and being poor right and and that's great because it means that there's no worldliness inside of me and i can do whatever you know i can i can i have i have given my life to god you know and i think we should be willing to do that and actually, experiencing that for a period of time was very healthy for me. It was very helpful for me to really um, understand the purpose, the real purpose of profit. So, so it, it took some time, and it was good for me. But at the same time, it's really not um, the the full picture, right? And what I realized is, when I did this, when I when I studied into this, is really that this comes from the medieval time period. Where the medieval church um, really redefined profit, it, it redefined um, money as a thing that is evil in and of itself. so the more money you have, the more worldly you become, and the less money you have, the less selfish you are the the more spiritual you are, you know up to the point that that um, you if you were a monk for instance you would need to have a vow of poverty you know like martin luther like many of the of the of the monks at the time they had this vow of poverty demonstrating to the world that they are of you know they have no worldly interest they're just for god and for god's uh, case and therefore um this was the this was then the idea that it, the the poorer we are, the more spiritual we are. Actually, they had another really you know terrible business model connected to all of that, and that is if you give money to the church, you know, if you give money to um to their you know their indulgences and all of that, you know, they could you could get your your they they created purgatory as a concept, you know, so that if you gave money then your grandma would burn less time in purgatory and stuff like that so they, they really generated a lot of income and made people feel good about giving more and being poor right and so so it is a really unhealthy model okay if you think about it but 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 the truth is this still pervades throughout our experience and our our feelings you know so it's still it's still somehow in here and and um, even though the Bible actually is very clear that money is just a tool, you know, it's just a tool. It's like a hammer. You know, with a hammer you can you can build a house or you can kill somebody, right? And so you got to you've got to understand that money is just a tool, and it's actually meant for us to use for good. You know, for us to for us to. Um, to to help the poor to alleviate necessities right etc so so it's really this paradigm shift it's not about having money or not having money you know it's about it's about using the money in the right way
1: hmm that's that's life changing where's that desire coming from? You've been mentioning that, that we all have that desire, you you know, and we all have to deal with money, you know, we cannot escape money, like money is part of our world today, right? Um, Now, there is a struggle, I guess, you know, and, and we have to obviously come to a point of surrender, like you came, like, you know, saying, okay, Lord, I am not building something here on this earth that's gonna burn, I I want to seek you first, right? That point of surrender needs to be there. But then, why do we have this desire to accumulate wealth? yeah, you know
0: um I
1: struggled
0: when i when I first um had my my first conversion experience, you know I recognized I had started a business when I was thirteen years old you know starting selling you know fixing uh, mopeds like little motorcycles and then selling them at a nice profit you know i I was then able to buy the things that I wanted to buy because of it. And so so but when I had my conversion experience when I was 18, I I really struggled and I, you know, I would pray for God to take that away, that desire to accumulate to 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 to, to be wealthy, you know, in the end. And so and so and I did that for like, I don't know, at least five years, maybe, maybe even more until i until i read this quote from from one of our co-founders of the church you know ellen white and she says that the desire to accumulate wealth and this changed my paradigm okay it's like it really shocked me i couldn't believe that this was actually in the spirit of prophecy and it's like it's like the desire to accumulate wealth is an original affection of our nature implanted there by our heavenly father you know, I thought it was, I I was sure it was implanted there by the devil himself, you know, and I needed to pray it out of my system, you know, because I thought it was a selfish system. But it's not true. It's implanted there by our heavenly father. And this is the key phrase here. It's for noble ends, you know. So, so the desire to accumulate wealth is actually not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's given to us by God. But. It has a purpose and the purpose is a noble purpose. It's not a selfish purpose. It's an unselfish purpose. So if we use that wealth and the way obviously we accumulate it is ethical, you know, then and we use that wealth not for ourselves, not for self-aggrandizement, you know, and just living a luxurious life and doing whatever we want and forgetting that right around the corner, there are people that are dying because they don't have enough Money for food, and 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 they're sick, and they're you know struggling, and there's so many ministries. I mean, I've lived in the ministry. I know hundreds of ministries. Man, they can live off of a hundred dollars a month, you know. And here we go, spend a hundred dollars for a meal, you know, for for a supper, you know. So so it's really it's really realizing that the purpose of money and of that wealth is to bless the poor. To bless the needy, to alleviate those necessities, to demonstrate to the world that God really cares about these people, right? And 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 to advance the work of God, essentially. It's to it's to it's to advance the love that God has for in the entire humanity. And so therefore, that is actually then the purpose of of that wealth, right? So yes, the desire to accumulate wealth is not a bad thing, even though this is what I thought for at least 10 years, you know, of my of my life, and I was proud of it. And 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 actually it's not biblical. You know, in the Bible, even in the especially in the Old Testament, you know, God says that He will bless His people above all other people. Okay. He will bless them, you know, and, and in the ministry of feeling. It says, it says, He will make them the example of health. And prosperity, a symbol of health and prosperity to the rest of the nations. So if they follow these things, if they follow the precepts, if they follow the the, the principles of life that God has given them as God's people and us today, you know, we will naturally be much wealthier, prosperity and much healthier, you know, then everybody else, not to be proud, not to say, oh, yeah, I did something. No, no, it's because God did something in favor of us. And he gave us some, 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 some insight here that we are to be responsible with and share with the rest of the world and bless the rest of the world. You know, if you read the blessings and curses, you know, in Deuteronomy 28 or Leviticus 26, man, it just, it blows your mind, you know, how, how, how economic prosperity was actually part of the design of the blessings of God right and people were to see that and say, wow you know what an amazing what a blessed people right and so so it's not a it's, it's really not a bad thing it's not a negative thing but yet we have to struggle with that because it's easy and it's dangerous you know um, dangerous in a sense that it's 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 easy to hang your heart, on money, okay. This is this is part of the challenge that we need to deal with and that we need to struggle with. Now, it's it's not about. So the the desire to accumulate wealth is not a problem if the purpose is not money. The purpose is to help more people, right? And but but if it's if 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 money or selfish aims become the purpose, then we start corrupting our souls by accumulating wealth. So, we don't want to go there. But you know, money is is one of those things. Um we we should not hang our hearts on. And yet I know that, you know, and some people say, you know, well, the rich people they hang their money, their their hearts on the money. This is why they're rich. But this is not necessarily the case. Actually, in my experience, I see More people that have scarce resources that hang their hearts and their life on money. You know, they make their decisions mostly based on, you know, whether this, do I have enough money to do this or not, you know, or, or the job that I get, you know, um, do I get this job? Or, well, I, I can't do all of that because I need to work. You know, I need to work. I need to live off of something. I need to pay my bills. So so they end up, so their whole paradigm is more based around money and they end up never deciding to actually do mission work, for instance. You know, and I I've, I've gone around, you know, doing seminars, inviting people to join, you know, in on full-time ministry and all that. And it's like, And and nobody answers, you know, I mean, very few people actually make the make the shift. And some young people can do that because they don't have to pay all these bills all the time, you know, and are not stuck in that system where money really uh, controls their life, you know. And so I'm all in favor of people not being controlled by their money. And, and, And there's two ways to doing it. It's reducing your expenses or increasing your income, right? So that you don't have to make your decision on on just on the job that you have. And no, I can't do this and that. And I can't do mission work because I got base pay p- bills to pay, you know? So so I, I don't see that really wealthy people have uh, have their hearts more hung on the money. Um, I can I see that as much, if not even more. In in people that have less, you know, and the more scarce it feels, the more they hang on to it, you know, and the more they don't want to share, you know, or and so forth. And and this is really part of the purpose, is is actually to for us to learn that this money, and this is the principle number one in in management, in especially money management, is that God is the owner of everything that we have. It's not He's not the owner of ten percent of what we have. You know, no God owns everything we have, and and we are responsible for how we use everything that we have. You know, and so that really is 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 a key component to being responsible and using all the wealth that we can create to really help and bless people around. You know,
1: Hmm. wow, a lot of powerful points. Um, it reminds me of this phrase that you know some people say you can be you can be poor and greedy at the same time, right? Uh, uh, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean that you know by just having money that that you're not greedy and have your heart at the right place uh, just because you're poor, right? Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention you mentioned uh, Ellen White's quote: um, uh, the desire to accumulate wealth is is you know implanted by our heavenly Father. You know this is very biblical and just brings up that that um, you know verse Deuteronomy eight eighteen where God says you know he is the one who gives us the power to get wealth right and uh, and and that's a very biblical concept now thank you so much for sharing we'll take a short break and be right back and learn how you can use all of that knowledge that we just shared to really change a paradigm here in your life in your ministry in your business so stay with us
0: Are you looking for free and practical resources to grow your missional business? Go to hiveinternational.org/resources for free templates, videos, presentations, and worksheets. You'll find marketing tips, sales techniques, and special advice on how to share the gospel with your customers. Just go to hiveinternational.org/resources.
1: Welcome back to the Hive podcast, I'm Vincent Boujour, and I'm here with Jesse Zwicker, founder of Hive and we have been talking about money, profits and more. Now, uh, the question that I had Jesse, we have been just mentioning that paradigm shift that uh, you know some, some of our listeners might be surprised about. What do we do once we actually understand that money is a tool and that it actually changes the way I operate as a ministry we have been talking about self-supporting work in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, right? And people say, you know, I'm a self-supporting worker, I am just living off donations. Now, is that self-supporting work? Um, what, what alternatives do we have? How would you see that?
0: Yeah, you know, we have a, a more traditional way of doing ministry or charity, which is really fundraising-based, it's donation-based, right? Um, in in the in in history i mean the model that paul really advocated was for us not to be primarily donation based you know when he would go to a to a new territory he would not he would tell them don't give me any money i can make my own money and fund my ministry with my own money. And actually, while making my own money, I can reach more people, right? So he started, he had his own tent making business. And through the tent making business, he would reach people with the gospel because he was dealing with a whole bunch of clients that were buying tents from him. And then he was also dealing with other tent makers. And he would, you know, we know some people there um, that were tent makers that also integrated with the gospel and so 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 he funded his entire ministry sometimes paying all of all of their workers like they had Luke, you know the doctor, they had Mark, they had Barnabas they had a number of people living and traveling with him sometimes for months and and um, and Paul would fund. Those entire mission trips, you know, where he some, sometimes wouldn't work for, uh, for a number of months, but he would generate when he did business, he would generate so much income that he could fund all of that, including the people that lived and, and traveled with him. So so um, very profitable and very well done. And it's not a, a donation based model that that self-supporting model was not a donation based model. It was more really a self you know generated I mean a business based uh, ministry model so so I I think that there is some kind of a shift that uh, at least that we advocate here on Hive is you know donation based is not a bad thing it's a good thing and we should give people opportunity to participate with donations so donations is a good thing. And so I'm not I'm not saying like we all need to shift now, but there's these two models. And especially in the hive community, you know, we want to help even those that are primarily donation based to get into other sources, other ways of generating income that are not donation based. Why am I saying this? Well, there's a few things um, um, doing it. From a self-generated uh, way, helps you really be independent in decision making. Um, it really helps also to generate to 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 be more profitable. So you can you can push you know you can get donations, but you don't need donations for operations. You know for operation expenses, etc., things like that. You know it's better to be able to generate those funds for things that people don't like to donate to also um it's much more stable when you do that because you can you can actually depend on some kind of you could budget more easily than in donations donations sometimes go up sometimes go down you know and then it fluctuates and you need to hire people and then you need to lay off everybody you know so it's not it's not as it's not as good in in that sense um also it really helps be able to um uh well it helps with many things but but um so i really think that there is this 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 shift in in um in our model that we can do and i really think that it's connected with um the 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 big donation era is is starting to die out okay so um a lot of donors that have given in the traditional way are not you know are are dying out so new donors that are coming they give in a very different way than than the previous um generations and that is pinching a lot of ministries so i really advocate that we go into this shift yeah
1: What's the function of profit let's say we want to try that out we want to make the shift how do we deal with profit and why is profit uh profitable
0: yeah so so for me there's there's at least like five functions of profit i'm sure there's more but there's really five big functions important functions for a ministry or for a business to be profitable not just sustainable you know most ministries that i know when they think even, even in a, in the self-sustaining model, they're trying to get at break-even. But break-even is survival mode. It's not, it's not thrival mode, right? It's survival. And so we really need to get away from survival because, and this is one of the functions, if there is a crisis that happens, like COVID, right? The first ministries, and I unfortunately have been in contact with a number of them, that... Have really significantly had to downsize their entire operations. Some have even gone bankrupt simply because they didn't have a cushion. You know, they didn't they didn't build up a little bit of cash that, that can fund their operations while COVID hits and they have to shut down their lifestyle center or they have to shut down their restaurant. Well, what do you do? Well, if you have a cushion, then you can survive that. And if something doesn't go ideal, and so in business, you know business is risky lifestyle, you know Ministry is same thing. and if you can you know build up some some security there so that when these situations happen that you don't go bankrupt, um, this will this is this will greatly improve um, your operations. The other thing is if you can if you can uh, generate more profit, that means that you can actually invest in the stuff that really helps you go from a mediocre or normal product to an excellent product to a, a really professionalized uh, service or product um, not just not just in the product itself, which I think is very important and in the service that we give, but actually you can invest into making your business more missional, right? Because you have the profit to be able to hire people to to take care of, to do customer service in such a way that people will say, wow, what kind of people are these, right? They really care about me. So, but you can't do that if you're not profitable. So if you're not profitable, then you're just always just barely like, you know, paying the bills and you're able to keep every customer more or less happy but you can't really spend the time to 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 engineer that customer experience um the way we advocate here you know so so professionalizing is is really important the other one is really um being able to reinvest uh to prepare for the future you know to do market research i mean really really um think about more than just your daily business um i think is really important the other one is of course you can donate you know you can you can fund other projects you can you can collaborate much more because you can help others you can help other businesses you can help other ministries you can donate you can take your team on a mission trip you can invest in your team you can share profit with them you know so you get you 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 really demonstrate on all levels and then, and then the biggest one, this is my most exciting one. It, it, why profit is so important is it's scalable. Okay, the only way a business or a ministry can scale is if they're profitable. If their your restaurant is so profitable that you can set up another another restaurant, you know, then you're able to take it to the rest of the world. You know, um, makes this comment. About sanitariums, our sanitariums should be so profitable that that existing institutions should be able to help fund the starting of another sanitarium. Imagine this is the multiplication, this is the exponential growth formula. Okay, for ministries to go across the globe, and yet we are so scared of profit because because. Because of all these emotions and all this stuff, you know, we don't want to be da, da da da, but in the end, we're really robbing everybody from a blessing of really scaling our sanitariums, our health centers, our 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 educational institutions, our restaurants across the globe. You know, the restaurant that is the most profitable is like McDonald's. You know, and and we're like. You know, we've been given this knowledge that we should do these restaurants in every city of the world, and yet we're struggling to put one here and one there, and each one of them is is struggling to survive and is is, is not, you know, is, is reinventing the wheel. And here we go, um, fifty years after we got this knowledge of of us actually doing these kind of this kind of franchise thing. McDonald's comes along, and now they've got almost fifty thousand restaurants around the world, you know, simply because they figured out how to make it profitable. and we are still struggling to survive and each one of them and many of them shut down and so forth and 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 we have a hard time. so so really, um it's scalability that we're looking for in order for us to really advance the work of God. I really think. This is the main reason why the devil is trying to convince us the prophet is not good. Is because if we're not profitable, then we cannot scale, right? And we cannot really reach the whole globe. But the gospel is clear Matthew 24, Matthew 28, you know, uh, Revelation uh, 14. I mean, the gospel will be preached unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. We've, we, we've got to think scale you know we've got to think at scale so let's not be afraid of profit
1: wow now we've been talking a lot about profit now uh before people might get the wrong perception i think we want to just you know uh we're all about money now um what's the balance here okay uh it's super important to realize and i appreciate your five points i think they are very very important and very practical now can can we ever have too much profit is there also a downside to 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 like another side of this coin what do you think
0: yeah so definitely you know uh what hollywood always um says negatively about profit and 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 wealthy people you know it's it's if people um if people really abuse, or they overcharge, um, or they 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 make profit unethically, like even in the nature of the business model, you know, like the medieval uh, business model, you know, like we we don't, you know, profit is not doesn't justify any means for how we do things. So the process should be Christ-like. I mean, it should be an unselfish model where we're really genuinely helping solving a problem or a need in society and if we solve that well then people will value that and they will pay us for that right and that's fine that's a value exchange it's a it's a it's a it's an ethical exchange um so so i i don't believe that we can just go overboard and just charge you know exorbitant whatever whatever and and um and try to trick people into paying more or whatever like all this all these kind of schemes you know we don't we don't uh we don't support we don't promote so it's not it's not profit at all cost but there needs to be an ethical an ethical approach to to that but at the same time ethical doesn't mean to put a price where you can just break even that's not ethical you know because because you're taking away your ability that margin that that covers the risk you know of taking that business venture that covers you know all these the scalability factor the reinvestment factor you know you're you're robbing essentially if you don't put a profit margin you're robbing people of being of your service being more professional, of being able to invest, of being able to donate to other ministries, of being able to scale, of you know, to to really bless not just a few people, but bless thousands of people, you know, so you're robbing by not putting that profit margin. But at the same time, you know, yes, we we need to obviously be conscientious um, in everything that we do. Like, would Jesus put that profit? Well, in, you know, and how high will you go? How high can you go? You know, so so I think there's a lot of questions around that. And we need to take care of that, that we really um, think uh, reasonably and can justify what we're doing. Um, but at the same time, yeah, don't be afraid. And I come more from that side, you know. So, so I, I, I haven't experienced so much that abuse of profit. Um, and just using it for selfish gain I you know I ca- I came out of the missionary world so so I'm more sensitive to you know we're really not charging enough most of the time you know in at least in ministry in the ministry context you know so um, so yeah so but there but there is a balance and there needs to be a balance yeah to demonstrate God's characteristics you know God's care on all fronts you know including our employees, including our customers, including ourselves, you know, so it it, it goes all direction. God's love goes all directions. Isn't that beautiful?
1: Amen. I want to close with an Ellen White quote. And uh, wait, is he gonna do it? An Ellen White quote on the Hive podcast? (laughs) Yep, I'm gonna do it. I hope you're not closing your app right now. Listen carefully. This is powerful. Okay. A diversity of condition is one of the means by which God designs to prove and develop character. Yet he intends that those who have worldly possessions shall regard themselves merely as stewards of his goods, as entrusted with means to be employed for the benefit of the suffering and the needy. Friends, that brings it to the point. And if you want to know how you can become better stewards of God's goods, check out our resources, page HiveInternational.org. We have a table prepared for you with dozens of tips how you can lower your expenses, increase your income, and bless the suffering and the needy. Oh, yes, that's beautiful, right? <laughs> I'll see you next week. And pick that book up if you haven't done that already. Patriarchs and Prophets. This was taken from chapter 51. My name is Vincent Boujour and I'll see you again next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Take care.